Hello and welcome to Non-Breaking Space. Non-Breaking Space is a show where we'll seek out the best, brightest, and smartest people on the web and talk to them about how and why they do what they do. Your hosts are Christopher Schmidt and Dave McFarland, two web designers, authors, and trainers who have a passion for sharing knowledge about the web. I'm Chris from Canada, a web designer and podcaster. Christopher and Dave have invited along to help push the record button and keep everyone on track here on Non-Breaking Space. Our guest for this episode is Brad Frost. Brad is a mobile web strategist and front-end designer at the digital advertising agency RGA in New York. He's also the creator of a mobile web best practices site and one of the creative minds behind WTFMobileWeb.com and WTFQRCodes.com. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to Christopher and Dave in their conversation with Brad. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Oh, hi, Christopher. It's doing well. I'm, I mean, I'm doing well. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to our guest today. Uh, mobile is exploding everywhere, everywhere you go. Uh, it's kind of um, South by Southwest, uh, uh, you know, happened earlier this year, and it was just a mad, crazy uh, mobile time. I just uh, everyone was talking about mobile. Everyone was talking about responsive web design and, and um, just apps for you know for Android and iPhone. So I'm just really looking forward to, to talking more about mobile today with our guest. Yeah, me too. So yeah, so let's just uh, let's bring him in. Hey, Brad, are you here? Yes. Cool. I am. Well, All guy, right. Hello. He has arrived. <laughs> I have arrived. All right. So, Brad, can you tell us? Yeah. Go for it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into development and and web development and what you do now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess I. I started out uh, getting into web uh, design and development. There's actually a Twitter post recently where it said, "You know, raise your hand if you got into it if if you uh, built your band's website." And <laughs> that just really resonated with me. It was great. It was great. Um, but yeah, that 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 was indeed sort of the case where you know I played in a band all through college. Uh, you know, we had to to have our our online presence. Uh, you know, skinning the MySpace theme and all that stuff. You know, somebody's got to do that. Uh, so that was sort of uh, that was sort of my introduction to it. And I was I was actually a music major in college, but then uh, eventually switched out of out of it into something called uh, media arts and design at my college. And in that, I had a Dreamweaver class and a Flash class, and sort of <laughs> that was yeah yeah that was it. <laughs> um, and then I think we also had a, a Photoshop slash in, uh, InDesign slash Illustrator class. So I, I kind of got my creative suite, uh, you know, course uh, courses in. Um, but then, yeah, so after I graduated, I, you know, got really into it, kind of did a couple of things there, and then decided to, you know, that that would be something I'd like to, like to work in. And uh, shortly after I graduated, uh, you know, moved. I actually moved to Pittsburgh, which is where I'm from, and you know, was hunting for jobs. But right before I graduated, uh, an alumni came, or you know, a couple alumni came in to talk, and they they recommended uh, uh, designing with web standards. They said, "Oh yeah, you know, if you're if you're interested in this, you should you should totally read this book." And uh, so I ordered the book, and and sitting in an apartment unemployed in Pittsburgh, I said, oh, I'm doing all of this wrong. And so, uh, yeah, that sort of started my, uh, my way down the, the standards uh, rabbit hole there. And I don't think I've, uh, 
have emerged <laughs> to the other side yet. So <laughs> that's a that's a good so, yeah, question. So what is my, the other side? What's it look like? Yeah. I wonder. It's it's made of gold and gummy bears <laughs> and unicorns. <laughs> exactly. So uh, before we get into all the you know deep mobile web design best practice stuff. Maybe you could talk about mm -hmm. these two cool sites that you're involved with, WTFmobile.com and WTFQRcodes.com. Uh, what, yeah. are the, what are those for people who don't know? Yeah, so, so WTFmobileweb.com uh, was a site I made with uh, Jen Simmons, who is uh, the host of, of the Web Ahead podcast, which is an amazing podcast on, on all of this mobile responsive goodness. Um, but she kind of came, she came to me and said, Hey, you know, I've been taking screenshots of all of these different terrible mobile web experiences and just sort of, you know, I want a place to put them. Um, and she said, well, you know, would you be interested in doing that with me? And I said, well, it's really funny that you say that because I've been doing the same thing and I actually own this domain name, WTF Mobile Web, and, you know, I've been looking for a reason to use it. So that it just, the, <laughs> the, the nerd stars aligned, and, and you know, we kind of just set it up in a night and, and launched it. So, um, so it's great, though, you know, and, and I would say that the purpose of the site is, yeah, it's kind of funny, but uh, it's more to just show just how damn hard all of this is, you know, you have some of the biggest names, uh, you know, in, in, you know, some of the most rec recognizable brands and, and stuff like that, news outlets, and they're failing, you know, and, and so it is, it's, it's sort of, it gives you a glimmer of hope that, you know, you know, it's not that you're doing it wrong, it's that this stuff is actually just legitimately hard. Mm -hmm. um, as, as far as, as far as WTF QR codes goes, that's, that's a little different of a story. I think. <laughs> it's a little less constructive. Um, uh, I actually do. I do think that that QR codes do serve a purpose. Uh, you know, in 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 certain cases and stuff like that. But I think that they're just overly abused by marketers more and more. Um, mm -hmm. I think that you know. Remember the whole print versus digital battle, and you know there are the the kind of traditional agencies and people that are like, uh, you know, just it's just disrupting their you know their source of income, um, and then here come these things that sort of bridge the gap, these QR codes, and so I just think that they're just arbitrarily slapping them on everything and saying, yeah, we're so hip, we're so digital, you know, even mm. though that it's it's still just print. So I think that. Um, that one's a little more, you know, just sort of ridiculous and just kind of having some fun. But I do, I do think that there are are some legit, uh, you know, purposes for for QR codes. What's so, the most ridiculous QR code that you've ever seen? Um, I saw one that actually <laughs> just yesterday. I was I was down in Union Square uh, in a subway station. Is actually entire is so offensive. Uh, Craig Villamore, who who. Um, who I run that site with, I, I emailed it to him. I said, "Hey, I can't, uh -huh. I can't, I cannot post this on the site because it's actually too vulgar." <laughs> but it, it was hilarious. <laughs> so I'm not even going to get into it. But as far as um, <laughs> as far as the most ridiculous ones I've seen um, on the New York subway, uh, there is one. There's actually three codes: one for an iPhone app, 
one for an Android app and one for a BlackBerry app, all for <laughs> uh, all for for bed bugs. Uh, oh, so yeah. it's like have have a bed bug problem. You know, you want to learn more about them. Here, download these apps, and and it's just amazing. You know, to think that someone would do this. Well, I, I was actually on the train, and the ad was right above the door. And this guy on his way out the door was trying to scan the code, and all these people were backed up behind him. <laughs> my God, you know, not only are you are you failing because this is underground and it's not going to go anywhere, um, right. you're holding up a train, and more importantly, alerting the entire train that hey, I have a bed bug problem. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I saw that one on your site. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Just the yeah. uh, having to admit to uh, it when you scan these things, they have to be more careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's just it. I, I just don't think that you know a lot of these people really consider everything that goes into the experience, goes into the environment, goes into you know just the behavior and and you know whether right. or not it's actually socially acceptable to to you know to do something like that. So. It requires thought, and it just doesn't get it. Yeah, I mean, to, to do a successful QR code, which is, like, like, like what you mentioned, is like there has to be the, there's this really small area window where, like, yeah, a QR code here will make sense. It's, it's not like something you just slap down everywhere and, and put it in every newspaper ad that you have or whatever like that. But, uh, but yeah, but, um, yeah, it has to be taken into context, the user experience of the QR code, because you're going from, you know, a, a print uh, piece to someone's phone, and then you also have to realize, you know, like we say, like, you know, are you underground? We can't actually get a signal, but also, uh, what information are you trying to send to them, and or they can be, can they act, you know, act upon it, or, and and what yep. are they supposed to get with it? And so, yep. um, I'm a big fan of QR codes, but I don't think they're like the end all, be all solution for that that whole like you know print digital uh, tether, yeah. So and um, so and uh, you know, I I think it's re- it would be a great uh, use for uh, Actually, we I went to a a a, a garden uh, like a like a, a botanical garden here, and they actually had QR codes. I'm like, oh, well, this is gonna be terrible. We just you know because of like because you know, of my bias about it, but uh, but I scanned <laughs> them in, and uh, and it was actually pretty useful. Like, the page was like geared for mobile delivery. Uh, I was actually able to scan because multiple QR codes around. Like, what are you looking at? Yeah, I want to know more about what I'm looking at. Yeah. And yeah. it actually gave me. I was like, wow, this is great because I worked with libraries and museums before where we tried to do kind of like on the cheap, but like web delivery of a self-guided tour without having to like invest all this hardware and all, yep. this, all, the, all this hard out of date. And, um, and I thought like the QR codes with this environment where you actually have access to a 3G or Wi-Fi uh, or better, like if you will, uh, is just a really good solution for it. Uh, scanning bed bugs and, you know, underground just probably isn't appropriate. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it, it does. It, it makes sense. I think that you know a lot of the the sort of contextually uh, relevant experiences, like you know botanical garden, or you know I've I've seen a few you know at, at art museums and and even in outside art installations where the piece is there and it's just kind of hanging out and there's not really a you know a, a big enough space to to go into all the details and, you know, learn about the artist and all that stuff, but actually there's a code right there. And so, you know, it does, it provides, it enhances your, your current, you know, situation. It enhances your, your experience. And that's, right. that's what you're after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think also, um, the thing is like also people just don't know what QR codes are I mean, for the most part. I mean, right. people will know they've been living with 
um, barcodes, you know, forever, and they know that those get scanned. Yep. But uh, a QR code, they just like, what, what's that for? And yep. why, why? It looks really weird. And so it just so there's kind of some education going on, and I'm not sure if QR codes are gonna last that long <laughs> to to you know. Do you think the QR codes gonna be last a long time, or do you think there'll be a new te- technology to or a new system to replace it? Because I know. Microsoft came up with their own kind of QR code technology, and I, I just didn't. See don't it. they always? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think I think that it's it's sort of a stopgap. I think that you know, as things like uh, NFC and uh, uh, image recognition and just sort of re- more real time, sort of seamless interactions kind of come into place, which which isn't that far away. I don't. I, I think. I think that you know we'll see less and less of it. But in the meantime, it's sort of. It is. It's starting to to bridge the gap. Like you know, one of the one of the better examples is actually uh, there's this online game, uh, this HTML5 game, um, where you scan the QR code, and what that does is launches the browser uh, on your accelerometer uh, enabled phone. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the controller, but you're controlling a spaceship that's on that's on your your desktop screen, and oh, so nice. so you're able to tilt this this rocket ship around, and you have to kind of gather things and stuff. It's super cool, and and you know the way that they connect those gap and you know, connect the screens together is through this QR code and stuff. And hmm. I think that that's that's the cool that's potential cool, for this stuff, you know. So I, we didn't really mean to make a podcast about QR codes, but maybe the, <laughs> uh, we may have people who are now interested in them. Do you know how to make a QR code? Where do we send them to do uh, something? There's a bunch of them. There's a, I think that the the biggest one, I think that Google has a generator for them or something. So um, yeah, just, I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> I kind of I unintentionally became a QR code expert. <laughs> I, I had no intention. I, I actually. I said Look, this. I said this online. I said. I said, man, I'm so glad that whenever people th- see these two di- two dimensional, ugly as sin things, they say, "Oh yeah, Brad Frost." <laughs> My name is now attached to that. Oh. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah, I think if you uh, do a search for Google and QR codes, you actually make um, make uh, make your own uh, QR codes and actually. Uh, um, I think if you do like a Google shortener and then you do some uh, hacking with it, you actually make a, a Google shortener URL, a QR code, and that. so it's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, I know this because I'm actually working on a project in which I'm try, <laughs> trying to use QR codes in a decent uh, user experience manner. So, and I'm trying to uh, get on Brad's website. X at all. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm going to make the worst QR code ever. <laughs> so maybe we can talk about future-friendly, because you recently wrote an article for a list apart called For a Future-Friendly Web, and you're also one of the signers of the, I don't know if it's a manifesto, the Future-Friendly Manifesto. So maybe you could um, explain to our audience what it means to be future-friendly. Yeah, I, I think that uh, being future-friendly just sort of means sort of Picking your head up from your from your current project or whatever you're working on, your deadlines, you know your uh, your immediate concerns, and really kind of focusing on uh, building something that that's going to last and that's going to to adapt to uh, an increasingly complex landscape. I think that it's really really challenging to do that, uh, you know, because time is always limited, but. 
um, it's becoming more and more important because what we can't afford to do is to just kind of keep creating these short-sighted experiences and then have to redo them as things accelerate and, and, and change more, more rapidly. And that's, that really is the, the long and short of it. It's just about thinking long-term. Uh, as web creators, you know, how we're going to address this myriad of, you know, devices and, and, and different contexts and emerging contexts and, you know, how do we address that and how do we, how do we sort of plant the foundation now for something that, you know, that we don't need for a future we don't even know. So does that mean like, you know, simpler HTML, simpler layouts? Um, you know, what, what, what's the implication for us as designers and developers? Like, are we making things that are just one column designs because they can be most easily <laughs> read on every device or what? No. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's less about simplicity and more about it being meaningful. I think that um, for a long time we've just sort of, created things that it might serve a business or a marketing goal or something like that or just sort of a selfish uh, you know, product or service and stuff. And I think that what it's really coming down to is, is just we need to be respectful of people's time. We need to, to sincerely make an effort to make something that's worthwhile to them. Um, and that could be simple. It could be, you know, if it's words on a page, then yeah, maybe a single column of text it will do just fine. But if it is something, you know, a robust piece of functionality or something, you know, it's not to, um, we're not trying to discourage you from, from building that. It's just, I think, about building it smartly and, and you know, making it so that it's able to, to exist in as many places as possible. So um, I think a, a big part of it is sort of, uh, you know, avoiding sort of taking a fire hose to a teacup, you know, wherever, if you think about something as simple as, as words on a page, I've seen so many examples of sites and mo especially mobile sites now, you know, where people are trying to make them all app-like and stuff. And yeah, it serves this purpose sometimes, but I don't think that, that you know, if you're just a news publication or a blog or something that, that you need to that you need to introduce all this really intricate stuff. Uh, I think that the default um, it just actually got brought to my attention this the default mobile blogger theme for all the blogger blogs has this little annoying thing where if you start swiping down the page mm. and you accidentally move your thumb, uh, you know, 10 pixels to the right or left, it will actually automatically, without even you lifting up your thumb on touch end, it will load a new article. And I was trying to read one article, <laughs> and it loaded a different article four different times hmm. until it finally just gave up on the whole thing. And I think that that's, that's sort of what we're talking about is, is just sort of, you know, don't over-engineer things. I think that yeah, there you know there are a lot of of cases wherever you know more robust interactions and swipe gestures and touch gestures and stuff are you know are make perfect sense. But I just think that it's really about kind of pairing the appropriate approach with you know with with the goals uh, of the site. If the goals of the site is to to read words on a page, then it's probably not, <laughs> you probably want to focus on that, you know, not necessarily adding a bunch of bells and whistles to it. So, uh, I mean, you work for a, a big agency in New York and, you know, I'm sure you've worked with clients who are 
you know, the fire hose approach. They keep wanting to pour the stuff on. This would be a cool thing to add. Let's add this and that and this. Mm -hmm. How do you, uh, you know, I mean, the future-friendly approach is about, you know, simplicity, clarity, refining your message. And yep. how, how do you how do you convince, you know, the your clients that this is the proper approach and get them to buy into this? Yeah, um, it's it's difficult. Uh, I think it's 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 easy to get them on board with it. Uh, and I actually just recently I've used it in my presentations, but I made these three images where it says this is not the web, and it just shows a desktop computer, and then it shows this is the web, and it shows all the what current web-enabled devices, and then the third screen is this will be the web, and there's sort of all the current things, but then also a bunch of question marks and also some web-enabled refrigerators and car dashboards and printers <laughs> and stuff like that. And, um, and so that's easy to get, you know, where it's we need to start dealing with di this diversity. But I think the harder problem is, is being persistent with it and, and keeping them on board with it because it is it's just so incredibly easy for these people who who are marketers who are brand people and they get they get caught up in the shiny and the bells and whistles and stuff like that and also just fall back into their old ways of doing things uh it's really hard to to keep driving this home where you know like i was just in a meeting uh you know with a with a client and you know, we were talking about all this stuff, you know, what, you know, what are the user goals? What do you want them to get out of this? What do you as a business want to get out of this? And, you know, five minutes later, the guy's like, well, what about parallax? (laughs) 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 What the hell do you mean? (laughs) What about parallax? You know, we're talking about what this product you're about to make is, you know, that that does not matter, you know, so it is, it's, it's, it's really difficult, I think, to, to keep them focused on that and keep them focused on, first and foremost, building a great user experience. So, and again, you know, it isn't about, hey, let's only do things simply. You know, it's about, it is about just doing what's, what's right and staying focused on the user and acknowledging the fact that the user might be, you know, on their iPad, they might be on, uh, you know, their Kindle, they might be on uh, something else. But regardless, they want to interact with you. And how do we make that happen? Cool. That sounds great. So, uh, so you're not a big fan of the Nike Better World site? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. No, I totally <laughs> am. I totally am. I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the 100,000 knockoff sites that came out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I think, I think the Nike, that, that broke new, new ground and, you know, really, I think, redefined, you know, what full, beautiful, you know, motion-enhanced, uh, you know, web design could be. And I think that it was. It was sort of serving a purpose. The, the focus was on the content. They had these right. nice little digestible chunks of copy, and yeah. it just sort of got the point across, like, really short and, short and quick. And then, again, going back to these knockoff sites where you just are overwhelmed with this animation to the point where you don't even know what the content of the page is you know you, all you see is a, a pl- I've literally seen planes flying across the screen as you scroll down the page, right, and it's right. like you know what what purpose is that serving? How is that <laughs> how is that aiding the user experience? And I think that again, it's there's a matter of being subtle and being tasteful and and just totally overdoing it and stuff. And I so again, I th- I think that there's so many opportunities to explore things in that way and and like. I think it is. It's worth it's, it's worth pointing out again where it isn't about just 
yeah, let's all just make you know flat one page things right. like that. That's that's certainly not the idea. I think the idea is to just just think, just think. You know, don't just don't knock things off or don't do th- something because it's hot or or whatever. You just really focus on creating relevant, purposeful stuff that helps people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think in many ways, the phone has, uh, mobile devices have, have made it easier to talk to clients because basically you're like, look, this is our canvas. I can't put that on there. I can't put that other thing on there. This is all the space that we have. So we have to be clear. And I think that is probably a good approach for a web designer who's talking to a client is start with the mobile and say, look, this is what we've got. So let's be clear and and to the point. And then we can use that to build you know, the desktop version of the site. Yep. Yeah, I mean I mean start starting with those constraints is is better for the entire experience, you know, as a whole. It it has a trickle up effect as, you know, as I say, like making a high performing site as, you know, as simple, you know, relevant uh, you know, content first sort of uh, experience, you know, that bubbles up all the way, you know, if you're on a TV or a 27-inch cinema display, like, right. you know, Mobile users aren't the only ones that want things fast. You know, everyone wants things right. fast, and that and that converts to real money too. You know. So you're behind another site, MobileWebBestPractices.com. Did did you create that, or is that you and other people? Or? Uh, yeah, that's that's me. That's that's been sort of my baby. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I kind of yeah, it came it came to be, you know. Whenever I first started getting into this, which was, um, you know, I started RGA uh, two years ago, sort of on a, uh, it was on a, it, but just totally blind chance that, it, hey, we have a, an opportunity for, uh, you know, t- to be a mobile uh, web developer. And mm-hmm. I said, all right, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I was just kind of eager to, to move on from my, from my last gig. And so, so I said, all right, I'll, I'll take that. And I'll, I'll just I was in my head, I was thinking, you know, I'll, I'll just use this as my foot in the door and, and eventually I'll start making real websites is <laughs> kind of what was in my head. Um, but, and then, you know, it, it didn't take long to, to realize I said, oh my God, you know, this is, this is where everything's going. This is where, where it's going to be. Um, and so, you know, just really immerse myself in it. Um, kind of inherited some of the old sites that were made in, you know, 2005, 2006, sort of pre-iPhone days, and just kind of looking at some of the markup and and stuff from that. And I said, oh my, you know, oh my God, like this this can't be what I need to do in order to to you know make this work on mobile phones. And so I what again, sort of kind of coming and you know, thanks to designing with web standards and stuff, and just focusing on that. Um, Really looking for opportunities to to sort of bring the the web standards approach I think to to mobile devices is was sort of my focus, and you know as I got more into it, I realized that you know there's a handful of people talking about it, a handful of people you know writing resources about it and stuff, mm-hmm. and 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 increasingly I kept getting questions you know hey Brad how would we handle this or you know how should we handle images or you know should we make a native app or should we make a, a mobile phone or uh, or you know or mobile website or something like 
all these different questions, and it, they just sort of happen time and time again to eventually to the point where I said, you know, I need to just get this down so I could just send someone a link instead of instead of having to answer the same questions over and over again. So that was that cool. was sort of the genesis of it. Cool. cool. So for people who don't aren't aware of it, uh, maybe you could just explain what what that site's about and what you've what content you have on there. Sure. Yeah. So it's mobilewebbestpractices.com, which uh, people have pointed out to me that that actually breaks a mobile web best practice, which is it's an extremely <laughs> long URL. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully we'll fix that. But um, I think QR uh, codes will help you out there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but yeah, so, so the site is basically a resource site. I just kind of posted some tips uh, I kind of chunked it out into into the different disciplines, so strategy, user experience design, visual design, and development. Um, and that's sort of the way that our agency is structured, but I'm actually revisiting that now uh, just because it, it doesn't fall apart, or it just falls apart really easily because, uh, you know, a lot of these things go hand in hand, like form design, like what what aspect of it is is visual and what's, you know, clean cut user experience design and what's development, you know. So I'm kind of reapproaching it uh, as a sort of a more topic-based sort of thing. And, and I think that that'll work a little better. But um, so, yeah, so I have these kind of different tips just, re, you know, regarding different things. Um, but most importantly, I think the site's just become a, a, a resource center. So, you know, if people want to learn uh you know, what books are available on mobile web or, you know, what are some key presentations or what are some key articles or what are some key uh, frameworks or testing resources or whatever. Um, that's sort of been, uh, I think, you know, the biggest outcome of it so far. I'm, I'm working on sort of, a, a, of an updated version um, and I think I'm hoping to, to do a lot more with it. But mm -hmm. right now it really is just sort of a way to to sort of collect and, and, you know, disseminate sort of a lot of the resources that are on uh, something that's being, that's increasingly important. Right. Well, the site's also, it feels like a good um, educational tool, not for other de developers, but also for clients. Cause I felt like it's a, uh, it's, it's a lot of Zen going on there. Like you don't get people answers to a lot of questions, like to, to their like issues, like you click around. So that some of it's just like, think about these things, you yep. know, yeah, like, well, and that's know, so. and that's and th that is what all of this I think boils down to. It's it's so funny, uh, you know. I get questions all the time, just you know, at work and and beyond. You know, hey Brad, how long would it take you to do this? Hey Brad, uh, you know, what should I do? And people just they're ex you know, should I use respond? You know, always use responsive web design. Always you know, do this. Always do that. It's you know, things aren't that cut and dry anymore. Mm -hmm. They really are. Uh, you know, we have so much diversity. You know, the landscape is just is, is huge now. And there's just so many different things, so many different approaches. And, you know, you look at all these frameworks, you look at all these things, they're all right. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they're all right. They all serve a purpose. And it's really, again, just coming back to being considerate about, what you're trying to do, what you want your users to do, and and you know go from there. Like it, it's it is it's impossible. And and I even sort of uh, I started the Alyssa Part article in that way, 
where I said, you know, I wish I could just hand you, uh, you know, a prescriptive list of do this, do this, do this, do this, and then boom, you'll be future friendly. You know, that's, that is not the idea. I think the idea is that, you know, there's a lot of room for a lot of these different solutions to, to come in, into, into being. It just requires the thought and consideration it deserves. So it's, I mean, if people haven't checked it out, they should check it out because not only, I mean, do you have great information, but it is itself a good example of building a site using responsive web design. It works on mobile. It has a lot of cool visuals. I don't know, are those, uh, you have these great animated, like, you know, uh, playing card suits uh, icons. Is that, <laughs> is that CSS animations you're doing that with? Or yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Those just sort of playing around with those. And again, uh, just some HTML characters, um, and then just kind of animating those. But again, I'm I'm kind of in the process of like a whole big uh, whole big redesign. So it's actually even kind of crazier. What I'm <laughs> um, it'll be good. Not not Nike Better World, uh, you know, for <laughs> the top stuff, but uh, it'll be good. So is well, this? Uh, uh, can you talk a little bit about the, about the site itself? Like, what 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 do you? What's the platform? Is this a blogging system? Is it? Are they? You know. Yeah. So I, I spent uh, in my last job, I spent a couple years uh, destroying, you know, WordPress builds and uh, and totally skinning them and making them not look like WordPress sites. So that's <laughs> right. sort of my background, and that's sort of what I know. Um, uh -huh. You know, I kind of I look upon other CMSs and stuff, and you know, it's definitely something I'm interested in. Uh, and I'm sure that there are better solutions out there and stuff, but but I know WordPress, and so that's what I build it with and 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 customize that. And uh, you know, it serves a, it serves its purpose and yeah. stuff. So so yeah, it's just just a WordPress site, and and um, it's kind of customized it a bit. Is it um, based on a theme, or is this? Did you build that from the ground nah, up? Yeah, yeah, I just built it from the ground up. So cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it. I I I say it all sort of nonchalantly because I, I you know I didn't invest the time that that I wanted to. You know, this is very much a labor of love. So it's not like I'm I'm working on this. You know, forty hours a week. I wish I was, but um, um, but yeah. So so I I did what I could with it, and I think that it's all right. It it serves its purpose. So. Um, but yeah, so I am, I'm trying to, trying to update it and make it a little more robust and stuff. So, because there is, there, there's a need, there's a, there's a lot more places that, uh, you know, especially these resources and stuff can go. So, uh, I'm really exploring that. So expect that sometime soon, <laughs> hopefully. Cool. Well, I think it's so, a great site in terms of, uh, I mean, I, I love the uh, the playing cards uh, suits thing because it's, it just builds off of Unicode characters as a you know visual element and you make those animations happen so you get the small impact in terms of you know file size you know small footprint yep. but then you're able to blow it up into a nice animation which doesn't really you know in terms of like you know doing like a big gif animation or whatever flash have used it's a right. really super trade-off awesome trade-off to have and then um and like dave was talking about it's, just, it's a really great example of mobile too so i think it's just you know, it's built it very smart. I, I do want to ask before we move on to another thing. It's like if someone were, were to dive into WordPress and try to like become someone who breaks it very well, like, like you have on this <laughs> the site, what would you uh, recommend people going to learn uh, or how hard knocks on the street? Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, go down, go into the alleys and, uh, no, <laughs> um, yeah, to, to be honest, I mean, I think that their, their official sort of codex is amazing. I think it's yeah. some of the best documentation of, of anything out there, uh, to, to be honest. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, there are, you know, digging into WordPress and, and other things. I remember, you know, web designer wall and stuff. Like, it, it's a, it's sort of been a while, I think, since, you know, since I've done it. And I, I think that uh, as I've approached these things, I, I just kind of try to gut out anything that they give me uh, and then just sort of start as vanilla as possible. And that's a, sort of another reason why I probably shouldn't be using WordPress just because it gives you so much and I don't probably need all that. You know what I mean? So I could probably get away with, you know, using something else that would be, that would make a little more sense. Um, like I've, I've looked at some of the, you know, gotten curious about some of the more uh, markdown centric GitHub hosted, you know, flat file systems right. and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that that's all really cool just because it's, it, it does, it seems very minimalist and stuff. And, and but again, you know, it, it is, it's what you know. You know, you got it. You got to go on on what you know, and to to not do. You know, I'd I'd rather build it with what I know and it not be ideal than to not build it at all. And that's sort of you know that's sort of my whole mentality about about the site is you know I didn't get it to the point that I wanted it to be, but at least the information's there. You know, it's yeah, it's right. kind of progressive enhancement, almost. You know. Uh, as far as thinking of timelines go, you know, where right. I'm just going to get a basic site up, flat pages that link to each other. Yeah, it would be cool to do, you know, some some Ajax stuff, especially because a lot of these are just like linking to one paragraph of text and stuff. So it would be cool to to make it a bit more efficient. But in the meantime, well, you know, the content's there. So yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, speaking of WordPress, do you? Uh, you know, a lot of people are, don't really have the skills to you know, build a theme from the ground up and they like to start with some theme and then modify it, even if it's just modifying the CSS. Do you know of any themes that are, you know, have jumped on the responsive design so that there's, uh, you know, responsive web design themes? Uh, no, actually. Um, it's actually something that I, I've been researching uh, more and more, especially for uh, you know the the next iteration of of the mobile web best practice site, where I do want to start uh, gathering those sort of resources, not just for WordPress but for Drupal or any other system. Um, I think that that stuff's really valuable to to have and to consolidate. Uh, I have seen some you know posts actually more Drupal specific that are you know here's a Drupal uh, you know responsive resources re re related to uh, to Drupal development and it was just you know somebody's blog posts and stuff so I think that that stuff is going to need to be uh, you know made available in in one place so I'm hoping to to do that so yeah I, I, I've seen some WordPress themes that are addressing um, responsive web design and I, you know I think there's they're coming out there but um, they haven't been like too polished yet maybe I, I don't want to throw things on the bus yet but but they're coming out in, uh, in kind of fast and furious, I think, in the next yeah. month or so. So no, it's good. I think I think it's it's good. Again, just get get it out there, and I think build on it and make it better over time and stuff. I don't think that you know we need to hold off and wait until everything's the dust is settled because it won't. Right. Just just get it out there and, and keep iterating over it. I think that that's that's a smart idea, and I I'm excited to see what you know what people come up with. 
Well, I also think it's a good idea. Just, just like uh, sometimes I get uh, caught up in designing things, and it's like I can't launch until it's perfect. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's never yep. gonna be perfect. So just, yeah, yeah. So. You just have to let go. And and again, sort of coming back to to client education and stuff. It it helps so much just by by showing them a phone, a tablet, and a desktop, and just saying, look. A mobile device isn't a tablet, isn't a desktop, period, done. Right. You know, they can see that. And so the whole do websites need to look the same uh, just totally goes away because it's, mm-hmm. you're no longer just thinking about, you know, one context. You're looking at three different devices that all look totally different. And so it does. It sort of, it sort of uh, forces you to reassess what's, what's really important. You know, the pixel perfection just goes out the window whenever you're dealing with multi-device uh, design. Yeah, uh, Jason Grigsby has pointed out, um, like, I think it was Twitter or something like that, about um, most of the top websites have uh, multiple versions. They have a mobile version and a yep. desktop version. Yeah, it's 80, um, 82% of the top Alexa uh, 100 sites use some version of, of uh, you know, adaptation, server-side adaptation. And, and I think the, the remaining ones don't offer a mobile, mobile site. So, so what's, what's your feeling on that? Is that the proper approach? or <laughs> um, Again, it depends. Um, I, I actually have been, I've been increasingly frustrated, we'll say, with a lot of the the commentary that that I get, uh, you know, on some of my posts and some of my things, where I will promote, uh, you know, I think Target's mobile website is is really killer. I think it's really good user experience. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of Google's properties and stuff. Facebook's mobile site is great, um, and I get so I, I've been just getting frustrated because all these people are like. Oh yeah, well they're not using responsive web design, and so you know, screw that. <laughs> it's like okay, well, so you know, so this is a prerequisite for things. I think I think that you know, you you got to do whatever you got to do to make a great user experience, and I think that right now, uh, up until this point, you know, user agent detection and, and rerouting and stuff like that, and building these separate experiences uh, has been has been the way to do that. Um, I don't think that it's scalable in the long term. Uh, you know, I, I actually um, just recently took a picture of Google's homepage across 14 different Android browsers uh, <laughs> just, to, just to see, and I just lined them up uh, side by side. Um, hmm. and, it, and it is. They're, you know, they're serving up a different, uh, they're serving up a different document to, to Firefox, into to Opera and the other, you know, some of the other ones just just don't look right and stuff. So yeah. I, I think that maintaining, and mind you, this is all on a Galaxy Nexus, so a totally capable phone. Opera and Firefox are totally capable browsers. So it's <laughs> it is. I think that long term, it's uh, Jeremy Keith says it best. He says, you know. Committing yourself to user agent detection is committing yourself to an arms race. It's up to you. It's up right. to you to to maintain this massive list of thousands and thousands of of devices. And in my experience, that simply never happens. So you know, it's it's tough. It's it's really really hard. But at the same time, um, the reason why I'm not you know totally against it is. 
because creating that separate uh, mobile web experience, uh, that separate website actually is a, is a really good opportunity, right? Again, it forces you to focus, you know, it's, it's lacking initially, you know, okay, well, we need to get on mobile. Let's bring over our three or four features that, you know, are most important. Um, and again, sort of, it's more lightweight and all this stuff and you're, you start thinking about mobile and stuff like that. Um, and also, a lot of times, these desktop sites are, are these sacred cows, right? You know, mm -hmm. So we can't, we can't touch them. But here comes mobile, and so it kind of provides us this clean slate. And because most traffic is still coming from desktop, and a lot of people see between you know, 5 and 20% uh, traffic coming from mobile, it's, it, you're kind of like soft launching in the background, right? It's yeah. live, but not everybody's getting it. But eventually, you could just evolve your way out of, uh, you know, your old desktop site, and all you're left with is your your mobile first adaptive website. So, so I think that that's those are all sort of viable strategies. Where you know you sort of do what you can to just get something up, get something off the ground, but really be thinking long term about the decisions you're making. Yeah. 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 Um, totally, I totally agree. And I, I see a lot of people complain about, oh, it's a, you know this mobile version, and they get mad they, they, because it doesn't work like the desktop version. And they think it's you know they should just do responsive web design. I think one of the main problems is that there's just a lot of broken mobile sites. You know that it's oh, not, totally. it's not so much like oh, mo having a dot mobile or a mobile dot mydomain.com is a bad idea. It's just that they're bad, poorly implemented. Yep. And when you make a good one, then it's a great experience. And yep. you can often get rid of the content that is available on the desktop yep. and have two sites that sort of serve different functions. Right. And I, I said this uh, recently. I wrote a post called uh, Responsive Web Design Missing, a, Missing the Point. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, I said this, and I said, your users don't give a if your site is responsive. Your users don't give a if it's a separate mobile site. They don't care if it's a desktop-only site, but they do care whenever they can't get done what they came there to do. And they do care if it takes 30 seconds to load, and they do care if everything's buggy and, and barely functioning. Like, that, that's what matters. This is, that is why we are yeah. doing this. It is not... It, it has little to do with how you actually go about implementing it. It has everything to do with providing right. a good user experience. Yes, and it's only web designers who sit there making their desktop their desktop browser shrink smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. Oh, look, it's one column. <laughs> it's responsive. Right. Right. You know, only right. web designers care about that stuff. Sure, <laughs> sure. And I think you know, and, and it is. It's a, you know, it was the, the term was made by an extremely brilliant man. It's been promoted by you know, really, really smart people, uh, but you know this. I said it at the end of my article. This ain't religion. This is this is web design. You know, just because you know these people have these great ideas doesn't mean that you know you take their word as gospel and just implement it and then call it a day. You know, you don't just readjust your layout and then say, oh, I'm mobile friendly. You know, right. there's so much more that goes into it than that, and I think that it's it's worth just sort of you know I am I think simultaneously one of the biggest proponents of responsive design because you know I I do I truly believe that it it's the way forward, um, but at the same time I'm the biggest you know a, a pretty big critic of it because 
you know, there is more to it than fluid grids, flexible media, and, and, and media queries. And I, I often, I always caveat it with, you know, mobile design or responsive web design was never pitched as, as a panacea to mobile development. It was never, never intended as such. And, yeah. you know, I think that Ethan's had to do a lot of, you know, backing that up too. Right? Like, <laughs> right this, I'm, I'm talking about layout, you know, this isn't about solving, you know, this isn't curing cancer here. So, <laughs> right. so it is, I think that, you know, it, we've come a long way. I think he's broken down, uh, you know, with, with this whole, you know, movement. I think that more important than the techniques themselves, we, it's opened the door towards talking about, uh, you know, creating experiences that that work across multiple contexts, and that conversation is the one that is worth having. And, well, and also, I think responsive web design has opened up uh, the ability to make a site that works on mobile to a far larger audience because you don't need to be a back-end guy knowing all sorts of stuff about uh, uh, doing device detection. You can build with HTML and CSS build a website, and suddenly now you are able to do something that works in a mobile device. And so now we have, you know, millions of people who can build that kind of thing instead of a much smaller pool of, you know, technically, uh, you know, server-side guys who can, can figure out how to make multiple sites that work for different devices. Yeah, I think, I think it does make it more accessible. I think um, something that I actually have sketched out in, in for an upcoming post is something where... Uh, we talk about this stuff as, you know, at, at the very surface level, it is, it is a front-end technique, right? Mm -hmm. But as you sort of go down, like I kind of envision it as this iceberg, right? Or that's like the tip of the iceberg is, is right. this front-end technique. But then you sort of get into like the next tier, which is more the, you know, sort of front-end technique paired with a server-side technique, a lot of the stuff that, you know, mm -hmm. Yibu and the, the Riggers and, and um, you know, those people have been working, working on where it's sort of this coupling of flexible front-end with, you know, more robust back-end solutions. Yeah. But then you sort of go even further down the iceberg, which is, which is, you know, you're ultimately redefining what it is, what the site is, what the content of the site is, what your service can do. Um, I think that so at the very least, responsive design is a front end technique, and at the very most, it totally re uh, you know reinvents what what it is you do, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. And I, I think that we are we're start we're seeing that uh, we're starting to see it at least. I think that um, sort of audio room. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, no. They wrote they wrote about it on the Facebook uh, on the Facebook developers blog. But Audio Vroom is sort of a, a music playing app that's that's responsive and stuff, and um, it doesn't work perfectly on Android. But you know, I'm giving them a pass on that because it's really hard to to do. But I think that you know, it's you know, in making that that product responsive, you know, they're able to you know really redefine what it is that music player does. It means you know, okay, well, I could actually fire this up in my mobile browser and listen to music and, you know, continue doing other things and stuff like that. I think that that's sort of the, you know, it's, it's systemic change. It's not just a front end technique. Mm -hmm. And I've always sort of been on that side of things. And that's what I spend a great deal of my time doing is really, uh, 
presenting as high up the chain as humanly possible. So, you know, I've been in front of a bunch of CMOs and stuff, showing them all this stuff and saying, listen, you know, this is, this is what you got to do in order to, to sort of deal with this. And the mm -hmm. great thing about it is, is that it is, it's, it's common sense. It, yeah. Ultimately, it helps having common sense on your side. And, and you have these people that are, you know, that, that get sold off on it. You know, they say, yeah, this is common sense. We need to do this. Um, that's a lot easier to do than being a developer sitting at the end of the, the waterfall process saying, oh, yeah, well, we need to make this flexible. You know, everything, right. all, all, the, all the wheels have been put into motion. And, you know, here you come in. It's, it's sort of a futile effort at that point. <laughs> right. So you've said that um, you hope the term mobile web just disappears and it's just replaced with the web. Um, how do you envision this? What is the future then if, you know, the web will be, well, what does that mean? Um, I think right now it's, right now the term mobile web is, is again, I'm going to come back, I'll come back to Jeremy Keith. I mean, he, he is the one that sort of, sort of approached uh, or stated that and I just kind of regurgitated it as I do with, with a lot of uh, <laughs> seemingly brilliant comments. <laughs> actually, you know. um, no, but it, it is, it's actually kind of funny because just the lines blur. I don't know what are my words anymore and what are other people's, but um, as long I as just, they make sense. <laughs> I just see the code now, man. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. All I see is blonde, redhead, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever he says. <laughs> but, um, but no, so, so Jeremy, you know, made a very strong point about how, you know, this is ultimately just one internet, one web, um, mm -hmm. but that, you know, we shouldn't think of it as the se second, you know, redheaded stepchild sort of thing uh, that, that shouldn't get the full experience of the web. And I think, but simultaneously, I think that it, the, the term mobile web really serves a very real purpose right now and that is you know we need to talk about designing for things on mobile devices which are very very different than mm -hmm. the design that we're used to and so I think that it does sort of um, it serves that purpose and allows you to, to articulate things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do I hope that you know in one day, um, you know, we'll be able to just accept this as norm. I think, if anything, the way things are going, ultimately we'll be like talking about desktop design, you know, mm. desktop web mm. uh, as sort of the afterthought, you know, than, than these other devices and stuff. So um, I do, I, words are interesting, and I think that that's what Jeremy was sort of getting at, where we've kind of, uh, innocently sort of said this thing as mobile web as sort of the siloed thing, but it is part of the bigger picture ultimately. So. Right. It's, so. It's, I think, yeah, I think going forward is just going to be like, you're, you're going to have to, if you need to have a web or a uh, website or app solution, if you will, um, you're going to have to think of your online presence in different flavors. You know, there's going to be the mobile and there's going to be the desktop and tablet versions. So it's all going to be the one, you know, web presence that you need to work on, but there's going to be kind of like divisions. Do you think that's accurate or? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, you're talking about sort of having this core experience, but not settling at serving up a one size fits all experience to everyone. There's mm -hmm. tons of opportunities to, to adjust the interface, to adjust the design, to really 
make more sense for that particular context. Um, and I think that that's what we're getting at, right? You know, with all these things like taking progressive enhancement to the next level, really, you know, detecting touch, detecting location, detecting these new HTML5 features and stuff that, you know, that some of these devices have, but other ones don't. I think that that's sort of what we're getting at. You know, the core content's there, and, you know, even without any design or without any bells and whistles, it's there. And then, you know, really taking a look at each individual channel and saying, okay, so now how can we take this to the next level by enhancing it further? So speaking of mobile web best practices, um, I went to a site or I, uh, a site on a phone and it says, uh, and I just want to get your opinion if you think this is the best practice. When you go to it on the phone, it says, sorry, we do not allow mobile devices on this site. <laughs> is, that, is that good? That's 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 we, that's a best practice. Yep. Promote that. Okay. Yep. Cool. Gold star. Gold star <laughs> all around. Yep. Actually, I I didn't see this, but I do see it on wtfmobileweb.com. Yep. It's yeah. A I mean, T Madness twenty twelve. Anybody who wants to go check it out on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go through the WTF mobile mobile website, it it really does just just. <laughs> bludgeons you to death with it, you know, and again, with all just all sorts of ridiculousness. But I don't think anyone intentionally sets out to make an experience like that. You know, it's sort of, it sort of just happens. And I think that that's where, you know, regardless of, of how you go about making your site and stuff, I think it is just about being more considerate, you know, thinking about if I were to share the mobile version of this website and share it on Facebook and a desktop user clicks on that, making sure that it redirects to the desktop site. Like, you know, that sort of stuff seems obvious, but it's not in practice. You know, we're seeing it time and time again. So I think I think that there are a lot of opportunities. I don't think that people are that, uh, you know, intentionally deceptive or, you know, intentionally crappy. It's not like, ha I'm only going to serve up, you know, two features. Everyone else can, you know, screw themselves. So right. <laughs> I think, it again, that's sort of why the, the mobile web best practices are really just sort of a set of considerations. Right. You know, where it's like, think about this stuff, you know, look at this. And, and thankfully, this WTF mobile website kind of gives me a lot of fodder and, and tangible examples of, you know, this is what I'm talking about whenever I'm saying we need to consider, you know, the importance of a URL or something like that. Right, right. Well, um, maybe it's time to wrap up. And we always have sort of a final question that we ask um, our guest. And so uh, we always um, are interested in how the web is changing. Um, and especially with mobile, uh, where we have new devices, we have new techniques, they appear every day, and it's really, uh, you know, we're churning through information constantly around mobile. Mm -hmm. um, but if you think about the technologies that are getting, you know, the most discussion now, like on Twitter, you know, at conferences and all that stuff, what do you think are some of the most important things that web designers should keep their eyes on uh, in the mobile space? Um, I think... I think the continued responsive design discussion is definitely something to keep an eye out on. I think that the whole sort of shift towards uh, 
the web as the platform, sort of web, you know, web OS 2.0, you know, with, with Mozilla <laughs> doing their boot to gecko project. You have uh, Windows 8, sort of, you know, the ability to author, uh, you know, native apps and stuff in, in uh, you know, web languages and stuff like that. I think that we are, we're, we're starting to see that sort of coagulate a little bit wherever, you know, the web is, you know, Facebook and stuff is getting behind it, you know, with their whole ring mark, uh, you know, performance testing thing and, you know, saying, here are the things that we need in order for the web to become a more robust platform and to be able to really compete with, with native apps and ultimately, I think, overtake it. I think that um, that's sort of the, the trend, I think, as, as things are going. Um, it's not going to happen overnight, and you know, obviously, it takes a while to even just get you know little things implemented and stuff. But I think that that's sort of the the general trend. So I think the more people can think about mobile and you know designing experiences for mobile, uh, the more they can think about that as a priority instead of an afterthought, the better. Um, and to really just educate the rest of your team, to educate you know the all the stakeholders of the project and stuff, to to not just use it as like a feature at the end of the project. Oh yeah, we'll we'll use mobile as a as a tick box, you know. Oh yeah, it's mobile tick, you know. It's just, we can't think of it as like a line item anymore. I think that it's very fundamental to to a modern web experience. So I think that just generally those those sort of trends where just sort of starting to think more mobile, starting to think more flexibly, uh, you know, embrace the unpredictability. Don't just, don't try to get, uh, you know, get locked up on, on iOS or Android. It's, you know, it's bigger than, than all those, you know, things are going to change tomorrow. Um, so it's more about, you know, sort of creating experiences today that are, that are uh, meant to exist beyond iOS's dominance or Android's dominance or whoever ends up, you know, being a, a key player in a couple of years. Future friendly. Be future friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good, good time to wrap it up uh, with a big battle cry for future friendly. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's my like brave part. You know. Yeah, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Gibson as Brad Frost in Future Friendly. Oh, it will never take away our handheld devices. <laughs> um, but um Yeah, so uh so I think it's good time. <laughs> I think that's an excellent time to uh, wrap it up. But uh um uh, Brad, how can people find you on the on the internet, on the on the social medias? What what's the social media? I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Brad underscore Frost. That is underscore as the as the, the character not spelled out. However, that would really uh, throw people for a loop. Um, yeah, so Brad Brad underscore Frost at Twitter. I'm on uh, my website is Brad Frost Web, um, where I'm constantly talking about this stuff. Uh, uh, that's that's pretty much it. I think those are the core channels. I think I tr I try to get more people on Twitter just because it's it's a lot more fun having an ongoing conversation about this than than just sort of a one off. Hey, go to my site. So, right, yeah, I I do recommend people checking out uh, and following your Twitter because uh, you you link to a lot of interesting stuff uh, and that that and keeps you have like a, you're on the pulse of 
the uh, you know mobile web, the future friendly thing, and it's it's always you always have a great amount of uh, links and research and resources that you that you that you post. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming, and you should check out social media because I I like uh, especially well like People Magazine, Us Magazine. Those are good social, <laughs> social media. <outlets>. Noted. Totally <laughs> noted. All right. Cool. All right, Brad. Well, it's great meeting you. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Yes, yeah. Thank thanks you. for having me. Much appreciated. Thank you. All right. Cool. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Our thanks to Brad Frost for joining us on Nonbreaking Space. You can check out the show notes for this episode at nonbreakingspace.tv, where we'll have all the links discussed in this episode. We're also in the iTunes podcast listing, and we'd really appreciate if you subscribed and left a rating or review. It helps us spread the word about the Nonbreaking Space show. Be sure to watch for the next episode of the Nonbreaking Space show, where our guest will be Rachel Andrew, and you can hear Christopher attempt the introduction. Hello, and welcome to the Nonbreaking Space. Nonbreaking Space. Sh- <laughs> <laughs>